Good evening, lunatics. This is episode 192, which which thanks to uh, Jared, I guess I guess two weeks ago was episode 190, but I must have fat fingered it and typed 199. So okay. then when I had last week's episode, I'm like, oh, well, last week was 199. This is 200. That's not true. Last week was 191. This is 192. Because Jared's like, dude, I'm missing like 10 episodes. And I'm like, well, you, you're obviously mistaken. There's something wrong with you. You know, and so I, I'm a smart ass. So I screenshot our YouTube and fired that off. I'll show you, buddy. You tell me I'm missing 10 episodes. And yeah. then I look at Oh, shit. Now you see how easy it is to miss the year to date on the, you know, on the owner settlements, right? <laughs> yep, right. Exactly. Huh? Just one, it is to do. <laughs> one little intro and all yeah. hell breaks loose. Yeah. All and, right. and, and it multiplies. It certainly does. Okay. Now let's get on with the uh, the first business at hand is where in the world was Larry Long last week? Now, I'm I'm going to do my best to give some of the details because I know some of your details are a little sketchy. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to do my best to bring in the medical information officer that, that has been uh, wrangling, uh, spent the last... Well, she's, uh, sta- she's sitting right here, so I could okay. get her on camera by just doing this. Okay. Almost, it's been almost two weeks. And there she is, by the way. So, and she has, uh, she has been in charge of of everything. Um, she always is in charge of everything, by the way. It didn't just happen this week, right? Okay, well, move your camera back. We're not gonna, okay. we're not gonna torture her too much. Okay. Okay. So today is uh, the nineteenth of January. So last Monday on the eighth, uh, Larry had a medical episode. And the, and the, I believe the technical name for it was a TIA, which is a mini stroke. Really? What's TIA stand for? Transient ischemic attack. Transient ischemic attack. Okay. All right. So basically what that means is for about a day and a half, Larry's eggs were scrambled. Um, <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> and so, uh, it caused some memory issues, obviously some motor function issues. Um, you know, they rushed him straight to the hospital. He was in the ICU for what about 36 hours, I guess. 72 um, hours. 72 hours. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so the rest of the fleet, you know, me and Richie and Phil, we all had to spring into action and and I was in charge of making sure that everybody got paid, which was fun. And by some miracle, everybody actually did get paid. Um I think I was only off by like $43, which I'll take uh, in a payroll of that size. So, you know, we Larry, Mary Lou has been wrestling to keep him rested and taking him to doctor's appointments and all this stuff. So every, um, uh, every doctor has signed off that he's doing, I think there were five varies at one point, very, 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 very well. So that's where Larry was last week. Um, and so he's back and he wanted to bring everybody up to speed on what he's been through, um, and, uh, what the rest of us have been through, uh, cause it has been, it's been a challenging 10 days or so. Um, but he's good. He's here right in front of us. So what would you like to share with the folks? Well, I can describe it best in that all the things that you have accused me of all these years of being inadequate at tech and, and hard <laughs> to, to bring into the next century. That's all now true, but now I have a medical excuse for it. So right. before I, you, I had to take your shit, now I don't have to. So 
Right. Plus my medical director over here, she'll put her foot in your ass too. So because right. I'm under strict doctor's orders to not be in a stressful situation. So here's, you know, you guys, you guys heard our big announcement the last time you heard, you saw me about this potential shop. So here's, here's why, here's what's happened. Just the thought of doing that gave me a stroke. So can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine what doing is going to do? Okay. So just, just the idea of entertaining the idea of it gave me a stroke. So, um, now just imagine what it's going to be like when I go over there and look at this, you know, beautiful project laying there with all those hundreds of thousands of dollars of parts laying there that need to be cataloged and yeah, protected, secured. Which, and- which by the way, we we have a guy and he has that. Which you'll, I don't know if you, I don't know if I've told you this or maybe you don't remember it, but you remember that there were like four rows of shelves, right? Yeah, filled with parts. Well, Chris's son came in, stuffed with parts. Stuffed with so Chris's son came in to wire up all of the internet, right? Um, and run, and of course, none of the lights in that room work. And we were, he was trying to get that figured out. Well, you know, they had that very large rolling staircase like you would use to get up on top of a trailer, right? Well, being a, a, a smart engineering young man, he thought, Hey, I'm going to take advantage of this very large stairwell and I'm going to roll it down these aisles. Well, they had these bars, braces going across that were in his way. So he took those braces off and down came the walls of Jericho. That whole third section completely collapsed to the ground and all the parts on it. So you talk about one hell of a mess. And so, trove. so not only have they had to, you know, clean up all that, but then they've had to go and re-catalog all the parts and it, and I'm I'm so glad I wasn't there that day. He said it looked like one of that that video on the internet of the guy bumping the shelf with the forklift and the whole thing just collapsed. Right, right, right. He said it was it was awful mess. So I bet I bet I'm glad I wasn't there too. Yeah. Well, you know, and at one point Mary Lou had said, after talking to the doctors, you know, well, it's you know, it's going to be a, a week or so. You know, he's really going to struggle with technology, and I'm and but but. But in a week or two, you know, he'll be back to normal. And I'm like, so he'll be back to not knowing how to do anything and can't remember how anything works. So, I, you know, I don't I don't see I don't see much of a change here. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I'm well, glad the, you, I'm, I'm glad you understand how this is going to work. So. Well, the title of this episode is Are You Really Prepared for When the Unexpected Happens? And, right. you know, we have we've spent a lot of time in developing systems and protocols and and having things in place so that everybody knows their job and has their responsibilities um and we got to practice what we preach this week because you know a fourth of our management team was pulled out and it was up to me and phil and richie uh to keep this train on the tracks and uh, you know i came out to lexington in june of 2021 and watched him do payroll and then what 18 no it said from june two and a half years later i'm thrown into the fire of having to learn how to do uh you know truck owner settlements and payroll and all that kind of stuff so uh, right, right. that was that was a very <clears throat> but we got well, through it. that was part of my reason for deciding to, to go ahead and go public with this because we talk about you know how how your business plan is not a business plan if it can't overcome a little bit of of unexpected ca- catastrophic, you know, uh, events. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause there really is no such thing as an unexpected catastrophic event. Cause in for trucking, there's this thing called Murphy's law that, um, 
is always in, in place. And that is that if something's going to go wrong in trucking, it will, and it will do it at the most inconvenient time possible. So, yep. uh, you know, there's the best day to have a stroke is on payroll day, right? Right. Um, that'd be the most opportune time for, for Murphy to be in charge. Right. Um, yeah. And, and we're also connected, you know, with, with texting and, and all this stuff I had, I had texted Larry and I were texting that morning at eight o'clock and apparently the episode happened about eight forty-five. and I had called him and he didn't answer, which is unusual, but you know, he could have been on the phone or whatever. And then about an hour later I called again and that's when Mary Lou answered and told me what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I literally were, could not, I could, the phone was ringing and I knew it was you cause I could see it, but I literally, literally could not reach to get it. My, 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 muscles didn't work to allow me to reach over there and grab the phone. And so I was sitting on the couch and I somehow or another slid off the couch into the floor and the dogs were all around me, you know, licking on me and everything. And so then after you called and somebody came to the door, rang the doorbell, we were going to have um, somebody here that day to clean our windows. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm sitting in our new uh, 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 house extension right now. And behind me, you see these big, tall windows. They're 12 feet tall. Uh, those have never been cleaned. And so we had somebody coming to clean those windows. Well, they came to the door and I couldn't get up from the floor to go answer the door. That's when we knew something was wrong. So Mary Lou comes in there and she looks at me and she sees that the left side of my face isn't, doesn't look right. It looks like it's drooping. And uh, she put two and two together and, and I diagnosed it quickly that I was, I was in the middle of having a stroke and even though I didn't want her to, she called 911 immediately and they came here immediately. And, I was in the hospital within a few minutes and all these things that fell into place uh, were critical because part of my very, 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 very good recovery was because of her very, 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 very quick action at getting me into the place to where I could get the help and, and all the doctors, everything lined up. I mean, you know, I hear all these stories now I'm doing all the follow-up doctor appointments now and I hear all the follow-ups about, the medicine that I got had, there was a three hour window that I could get it or it wasn't going to work. And then beyond that, only one out of three people actually it works on anyway. And all these things happened perfectly for me. Mm. Uh, as they all said, if you're going to have a stroke, you had the best stroke you could have had the type it was and the, and the, where you were in the situation that you were in with people, with the, with the, with the good um, care and, and, the, and, and Mary Lou understanding what was going on against my will wishes, uh, calling the ambulance and having my neighbors all upset because I'm getting carried out on a stretcher and, and, uh, and, you know, everybody's been, been amazing. I mean, we haven't, we, we've, we've, uh, we've had, uh, uh, somebody's brought in a meal, every meal since, well, since I had a stroke, you know, and our neighbors are, are shoveling our sidewalk for us right now. And, you know, everybody's been great at, at pitching in, helping out. And we really, really, really appreciate that. And, you don't really, you don't really know who's friend who you have for friends until you, know, you have a situation like this, and then you see all the outpouring of, of help, and it's very very appreciative, you know. So yeah. thanks everybody, but uh, but that's how it that's how it happened, and that's that's you know what the the play by play of it was, and and uh, you're right. I mean, I saw you calling, and I, you know, it was killing me. I couldn't answer the phone, and and then I and then I couldn't get out of the floor, and that, that was. I knew something was wrong. I just didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel any pain. I didn't, you think when you're having a stroke, it would be horrible, but honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know a thing. I didn't, I, you couldn't, I couldn't tell I was in any pain. I couldn't tell what was going on. I was just, I was just, um, I was disoriented. That was the only thing that was going on. And, and even now after it's all over with, 
the lingering thing is just the disorientation. Like we've had a ton of people in our house all the time, but it's I, I, I'm always sensing that there's somebody else here. I feel like there's people here in the house all the time. And, and it's just that that mental uh, fog and a disorientation of between what's reality and what's what you think is going on. And then, of course, my job being dealing with numbers and complicated, you know, um, formula and things like that. It's, it's taken me a while to to get to where I'm comfortable, you know, trying to do those kinds of things. It's it's uh, what used to be easy is now a little more of a task. You know, I, I've seen, I understand now why people have a hard time getting into accounting because I'm having a hard time getting back into it right now because it's, uh, it's so challenging mentally, especially if you got, uh, and the best way that these guys have described my situation is that my hard drive is just the, the connecting dots are not there. The, you know, the, the, the pathway, the, the, the uh, neurotransmitters that tell you where that, that data is, they've been moved. And right. I can't, my brain doesn't know where they are. So I'm having to relearn the paths from where I am to where the data is that I'm trying to re, uh, re- retrieve or recover. And it's just going to take a while for me to relearn those, those pathways um, to, uh, to find out that, to remap my brain, if you will, to where I, I know where the da- information is I'm seeking. Uh, so that's the best way it's been described to me. Um, and so just, just basically, basically reorganizing or what do you call it, Chris, when you, when you, there's a there's a, a term for when you clean up your hard drive, reformat, yeah, reboot. Well, not reboot, but when you're you're trying to clean up a hard drive, you know, you re, defrag, defrag. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. I'm defragmenting my uh, extensive brain knowledge here uh, to get the the trash out of the way, so I can get to the real information. So, so that would be my description of it. But anyway, thanks everybody for all the well wishes and the prayers and all the things that you've expressed it's, 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 it's helped. So, you know, and from, from the beginning of when we kind of formally began to build program, um, one thing that we've always been incredibly good at is making changes when we see, you know, a lot of times and it's not wholesale changes. It can just be a little adjustment. Let's, let's adjust, this and then a a tweak yeah we'll make a tweak and we'll go through and because when i started with larry as a driver and it was basically just me and him and one other guy he said uh well just text me a picture of your fuel receipt i'm like okay and i text him a picture of my fuel receipt and give him the, the the mileage and we added a person and another person and i'm like well you know we really ought to use something like dropbox and he's like well what's dropbox and I'm like, well, it's a place where we, you know, each truck can have a folder and, and all this stuff. And I've, you know, I've had to drag him kicking and screaming into some technological advances. Uh, but I cannot imagine right now with, with 12 trucks in the system, if we were trying to, you know, text message, you know, fuel receipts and, and all that kind of stuff. And we've really gotten this down to a science so that I know that on Saturdays, I'm going to do fuel card reconciliation. And then on Sunday, he's going to do his. And on Wednesday, we do the payroll. And Thursday, we do the truck settlements. And we get, it's this well-oiled machine. And um, and that's the kind of thing that we try to explain to employees, truck drivers that want to be in business. If you don't build those habits and those processes, 
you're going to wake up one day with a pile of settlements and receipts, and you're not going to know how much money you've made. You're not going to know how much you've spent. You're not going to have any clue where it's going to go. And then you're going to walk into some poor unsuspecting CPA's office and drop a pile of shit on their desk and run like hell. Now they're going to give you a bill that's going to reflect uh, what you've just done to them. Right. right. Sure. Um, but it's so much different than going to the CPA and say, well, Hey, here, here's, here's all of my books and here's all of my uh, revenue and my expenses. And, um, but that takes habit, uh, just like me today. If I get a receipt in my hand, it's getting scanned instantly because I know if it goes in my pocket, if it goes in my truck, if it goes in my briefcase, I'll never see it again, you know, right. and then it's gone forever or it's going to get wadded up in a mess. Um, and, and not be able to see and the, you know, the other side of that record keeping, um, we got shorted $540 on a freight bill, gosh, almost two months ago. And I made the call today. I've been chasing this for four weeks. I made the call today. The money's released and it's going to be on our settlement next week. But what if, what if that $540 had slipped through because we weren't checking the settlement every week? Well, 500, I don't know about y'all, but $540 kind of a big deal, you know, especially if you lose it 10 or 15 times throughout the year. Um, so building those systems and processes in your new business is something that it never mattered as an employee. You know, you could lose the receipts. They don't care. You know, lots of times, hell, you can lose the truck. They'll just give you another one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, uh, it's just the disciplines all it is. Of, yeah. uh, of of making yourself stick to the protocols that you've that you recognize are important, and then becomes a habit after that. You know, once you once you uh, agree that you're going to um, abide by the discipline, then it becomes a habit, um, and then it's second nature. You know, after that. So, but forcing yourself to do it's the hard part. Like anything else, to get started is a half the job. And then now here's the other thing that, that you see once you see what the value of it is, once you once you see that by me not going in there and dropping that bomb on the CPA and the bills reflecting that, there's a value in that. You know, you go, wow, that's that's that sure makes it worthwhile. Uh, so now instead of hating to go there, now you look forward to going there. And then you start seeing the value of all of the work that they do for you and 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 having your data and, and being able to analyze it and, and look for ways to improve your operation and lower your costs. And you start seeing the benefit of all this discipline that you, that you force on yourself. Then it makes you even want to do it even more because now you're seeing the, the, the actual un, the underlying reason to do it to begin with. And that's to be able to improve your business, you know, uh, and that's the real reason to do it to begin with. Other than the fact that it's legally required by the IRS, which that's the, that's unfortunately the, what that's where the discipline comes from. Uh, having to com comply with their regulations. But then on, once you do it, you understand there is a benefit to you because now you have the data that you wouldn't have done, done had you not been forced to do it. So yeah. um, we had one of our former program members who is a graduate now, who's now a BCO, talk to us this, this past week um, and give us their numbers. And I was so proud of him because, number one, you know, there's not very many people that could could do what he did, you know, tell me what his numbers were. And and then I already have analyzed them. You know, I've already told my, my wife and my, my boys that 
you're not going to see much of me for a while because I got to stay out here. These numbers aren't what I'm expecting them to be. So just mm-hmm. being able to make that decision and analyze himself, that's the value of doing that. So that's why we do what we do here. And I was so proud of him for you know exhibiting that uh, without provocation or, you know, just, hey, I, I had a chance to do my end of year accounting and here's what I found. I'm like, yeah, you go, you go, buddy, you know, because yep. uh, that's exactly what, why we do this is to, is to let people have the idea of how to do it and what, why it's good and what, 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 what good it does for you. And, um, and the real reason why people are, are making money right now or not, you know, it's understanding what the numbers are and what, what it means to their business. I, I read all the time, these, these problems. And I saw one the other day that, that age old question about, should I take cheap freight or should I sit? And when you start looking at the, from a number standpoint, that question gets a lot easier to answer, you know, because you take the emotion out of it and you start looking at it from a dollars and cents standpoint. And we know what the answer is, but a lot of guys don't because they let their ego get in their way. You know, <clears throat> we got a couple of TikTok questions here. Uh, okay. One is how, how many trucks do you have in your fleet currently? Uh, that's 11 about to be 12. Um, yeah, well, eleven about to be seventeen. Well, uh, yeah. If I, if I can get my if I can get my maintenance guy to get off his ass and quit mm-hmm. running the fleet and start working on trucks, but right, uh, right. Now that I'm, now that I'm taking the counting off of him a little bit, maybe we can get some more done. But we literally right now we have seven uh, seven, seven individuals that are that are hired and they're waiting to start, but pending us having a truck for them to sit in. So uh, I'm very proud of that because you know the the number one problem in this industry is is finding and attracting and retaining quality drivers. And that's one thing that we do not have a problem with. You know, we, we attract and find and do a pretty good job retaining very, very good quality individuals. And uh, to have a waiting list of people to be here, uh, when I tell that to other fleets, they just can't believe it. They're like, how are you doing that? How do you do that? And it's, it's this is how we do it, is this podcast. Yeah. And, and this, um, this transparency and this, um, you know, explaining what we do and how this works and why we do it. Um, a lot of people and, and, and the quality of person that is following a podcast and, and reaching out to us continually uh, improves every year. And, and we I've got, you know, the, what 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 I really realized this week was, number one, I'm so happy that I built a team of management around me. I'm, you know, I'm not smart enough to realize I know have, have all the answers, but I am smart enough to know that if I hire people that are smarter than me, then it makes me look smart. So uh, my, my team that pulled through this week while I couldn't do it, uh, I was so proud of myself for having that, that team here and of them uh, for what they, what they were able to do in my absence. And I know Mary Lou was happy about it because she felt a lot of pressure on this because besides doing my, the work at, at, at Blue Ribbon, I also do most of the financial stuff here, you know, and, and, uh, it scared the hell out of her when she realized that it was going to fall on her this week to, to do all this stuff. And she realized that she didn't know you had know how to get into the bank account, you know, with a password. So we've had a little, little come to Jesus work here at the house too. Um, yeah. About how this shouldn't be this way. And, and uh, so we've resolved some issues there as well, but, but uh, bottom line here is that, you know, I've, I've got such good people around me both here at home and at work um, that it's, it's make, makes my life a lot easier and makes me, makes me be able to do this and not be stressed. I mean, the, the doctor today, he's like, look, 
you can't be, you need to not be in a stressful situation. I'm like, dude, you don't know what I do. You don't understand what I do every day. You know, let me introduce you to some of my drivers. Okay. Uh, and, and let me, let you tell me how to avoid this, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, um, but in all honesty, I, I do, uh, I am able to relax because I know that I've got guys out here that are doing, uh, a, a super fine job at managing the fleet and taking care of our people and taking care of the things that need to be done. I don't wake up at night worrying about it. You know, I worry more about what I'm doing to let them down than what they're doing to not keep up the things that need to be done. Um, so, uh, but anyway, that's, that's, a that's an important part of building your organization is, is having people around you. that are smarter than you. Uh, I don't know where I learned that, but I heard that somewhere way back that, you know, if you're, if you're not really, really smart, you got to hire smart people that they'd be around you. And so yeah. I knew, I'll, I knew right away that was going to apply to me. So, um, but I've always prided myself in having good people and, and, uh, and then taking care of them and treating them properly. But that's, uh, that's what's made this week go a lot easier for me is knowing I've got great people around me. Um, but uh, kind of got off the topic here, Chris. Kind of get me back on, get so, me back uh, on topic here. So, so another couple questions. Have we seen lower fuel economy due to the colder weather? Yeah, because you, you yeah. have to. That, that always happens. The laws of physics haven't changed in years. And the physics are when the air is colder and denser, you're going to have uh, an effect on fuel economy. Not to mention the fact that you're going to probably idle more because of the weather. So it just makes sense. Uh, yeah. The fuel, the, 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 the energy in the fuel is, is diminished in cold weather as opposed to hot weather. So a gallon of diesel fuel produces less energy in cold weather than it does in warm weather. And again, you go back to the laws of physics, everything tightens up, everything's harder to move. Everything has got more friction. And it just, if you think about it, it just makes more sense. You know, um, you know, things are, things are very tight and, and you're dealing with a lot of things that you don't normally deal with when air is a lot warmer. Um, but yes, that's absolutely true, and and not only that, but you've got the the the, the winter additives, which affect the uh, the energy that's in the fuel itself. Um, so uh, there's there's lots of reasons why you're going to have a dip in fuel economy when when weather gets cold. No question about it. Um, now I don't know if uh, Wes here on TikTok is a is a knows who we are and he's just playing with us, but he's asking how many W nines and three seventy nines do we have in our fleet? That would be zero. Now, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know if you're just you just know who we are and you're picking at us, but uh, no, we do not have any W nines or three seventy nines. Darren asked, "Did y'all go, do good in 2023?" We certainly did. Three dollars and twenty nine cents average per loaded mile. Uh, yeah. We we almost doubled the size of our fleet in 2023. Let uh, me let me put it to you from a accounting standpoint. Our revenue was one million dollars lower in 2023 than 2022. Our net revenue was higher in 2023 than 2022. So you can take that for what it's worth, but yeah, we did really good. Now, again, our revenue as a whole was way, it was a million dollars down, uh, reflected obviously by the rates in the market, but our net profitability was higher than it was the year before. So, um, but that's just a tribute to our program, our model of, of, of keeping your operating costs low and uh and having a good fleet manager to uh keep us on freight that was paying above what the uh market was in uh in years prior i mean uh, we're still above 2018 
you know, and mm. uh, in, in 2018 for most people was a pretty good year, you know, so our rates are still above that. So I got a call yesterday from an agent who's just picked up some new lanes paying over $4 a mile. And I was like, that's high value. So it's sure. it, it have some extra, extra right. care, but I'm thinking, wow. I mean, here we are January of 2024 and we got agents out booking $4 plus dedicated drop and hook on both ends, you know, um, and, and, and calling and, us wanting us to haul it. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I've, I told this story last week, I've said it before and I'm going to say it one more time. This particular agent was a lady who I deadheaded a truck 300 miles to pick up a way under market load because she needed help. Well, guess what? When she books the $4 a mile stuff, my phone rings when she needs help. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, in your ear. Steve on YouTube. I'm not exactly sure. I think I know what you're asking. Would you change only... Would you only change the air chamber or always the full brake booster? I think, I think what he's talking about is the brake a piggy, chamber. A piggyback. A piggyback versus a chamber. Yeah. I'm okay with a piggyback uh, because the, the bottom part of the chamber that's hooked to the rod, unless it rusts, doesn't really go bad. But I have found that a lot of... Um, I found a lot of people now they will not piggyback it. They want to put a whole new chamber on. Right. Um, you know, if, if I'm showing if if I'm the service truck, I'm showing up on the side of the road and you've got a leaking um, spring brake chamber, I'm just gonna piggyback it because it's easier on me. It ain't gonna hurt you. Uh, but you know, that's uh, a lot of that's policy based on liability. That's just yeah. like repairing something versus replacing it. I mean. You know, you you take when when you repair it, you take a responsibility for for it. You know, the liability for it. if you replace it, you're transferring the liability to the parts manufacturer at that point in time. So some of that's just policy. Uh, it's not based on anything other than just liability. Um, so you just got to look at the different reasons that people do that and what position that they're in, what what they're trying to to, to uh, you know the risks they're trying to mitigate. So yeah it's not always as clear cut as you think, you know, um, we get to a lot of situations where we think something makes it makes sense, but a shop won't do it because the liability incurs. I'm thinking about something as simple as, as patching a, a steer tire, you know, and we know that that's can be done successfully with no big deal, but shops won't do it because they don't want to take the responsibility of that tire blowing up and killing somebody you know, over, over the call or the price of getting a, of repairing a tire, you know, uh, it's just not worth it. The the money they made is not worth the liability that they're assuming. And I would say it would probably be the same with these brake chambers. Anything yeah. that's safety related, you got to look at what's the liability, what's the safety liability of that if it goes south, you know. Um, I was at the Detroit shop today picking up that $9,000 transmission. Right. And there was a guy and his wife in there picking up an engine kit. And I kind of overheard what they were talking about. And and so I said, what uh, – uh, uh, what, 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 what are you working on? He said a 12, seven and he had had a spun rod bearing okay. and had it, had the crank <clears throat> by a local machine shop here. And I guess they welded over and then machined it back down while well, that crank broke on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course it took rods and all kinds of other stuff with him. 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I was telling him cause he had to buy a crank. It was $5,200 to buy a crank for a 12, seven. And, um, lucky to have to buy a block. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, I was saying I've, I've got two right now with spun main bearings and, uh, but we talked about, you know, some different options, but you know, th- there, there comes a time when you have to really measure, you know, get out your calculator, Richie, we had this conversation today, uh, get out your calculator and, and measure the cost. You know, I think the guy, I think he said the guy fixed the crank for 1700. Well, 5,200 gets you a new crank. Uh, 1700 gets you a broke crank, um, you know, but, but again, yeah, that 9,300 and some odd dollars for a transmission today, DT 12 automatic going into a freight liner, just spent $6,500, put a clutch in it. You know, if that was an 07 Columbia, that clutch would have been two grand. That transmission, uh, well, probably wouldn't have broke And it. Well, and it was the tail shaft. I felt a vibration in the truck when I was driving it after we put the clutch in it. And we started checking it was the output shaft and i thought oh well it's a transmission let's just put a rear bearing nope not in the dt12 you know you just have to buy the whole damn thing ninety three hundred dollars with a six thousand dollar core charge um it's you know um those people that love to get in my comment section and talk about how old trucks are gonna nickel and dime you to death well I wish you the best of luck when you start paying for your $9,000 automatic transmission. Yeah. They don't, they don't break and, 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 and covered in a warranty. Anthony, this is an interesting comment on YouTube. I called blue ribbon eight months ago after things didn't work out with a fleet owner. I don't think I remember this. I was operating for, I was told to check the YouTube videos out. I ended up operating for another BCO and I am a BCO now. Well, congratulations. Um, we're here to help. At least that's what we're trying to do. And where's his head on YouTube? Yeah. We're on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Uh, the YouTube has YouTube and Facebook has a lot of well wishes. I'm looking at it on restream right now. Um, okay. That's why I couldn't see it. I don't have restream running. So that's why I couldn't yeah. see it. Jared says that Anna at the bar at Wyndham has said she's perfected the cucumber martini for you. Okay, uh, good. I'm I'm assuming that that uh, the doctors have put the XNA on the alcohol for a little while. Uh, in moderation. In but, moderation. But vegetables are great, so a cucumber martini qualifies <laughs> okay. as a vegetable. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, okay. Tell them the truth. You're not drinking until you're better. No, Mary Lou, she she chimed in. By the way, she has an earpiece now. By the way, if you want to talk with oh, her. Okay. So, uh, I'll turn the camera so you can give her a line of question if you want to. So. Well, she's there going she to have is. to be a little closer to the computer in order for the audience to hear. Okay. Um, but I, you yeah, know, I, I honestly really would love to hear from the medical information officer. Well, here um, she that, is. Everybody, this is Mary Lou. Lou. This is the real boss. Okay. Oh. She, dro- she drops her earpiece in the floor. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, uh, well, we'll let her get, we'll let her get straightened back we'll up. Let her get calmed down here a little bit. So there we go. So, uh, I mean, you know, I guess special circumstances since you swore you'd never be on the podcast again, but, uh, you know, you, yes, you, you so uh, thrilled with being on there first time you, you if, have for people that don't know at our, at our live event last year, when we were in the lobby, having our reception, we, uh, we commandeered Mary Lou. We, we kind of tricked her of being on the podcast without telling her she was going to be on it. And I paid dearly for that. 
uh, I, I lost uh, I lost about ten pounds worth of ass over that <laughs> uh, uh, of that little deal. And Chris thought it was hilarious. Okay, and I did, and uh, I paid dearly for that. Okay? You're still you're, paying for it. Your son was well entertained as well by that. And he, so. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Well, anyway, uh, here she is, everybody. This is my boss, my the 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 uh, person who saved my life this week, Mary Lou. Thank you, baby. Yeah. So she's been information central for us, keeping me in the loop. Um, so you heard his report. Is there anything that you need to add uh, from from what the doctors have told us and Larry's prognosis and outlook? I can tell you a few more details, but I want to tell you from my perspective what it was like when he was okay. having the stroke. You know, when I walked into this room, I couldn't see him. And when I walked over in front of the fireplace, he was in the floor and I was trying to get to his phone. And I said, you know, we, I thought, you know, his mouth is drooping. Um, he can't move the left limbs of his body. And when I said, Larry, are you kidding with me? You know, <laughs> are you yanking my chain? Is anything really wrong? And he said something, and I, I had a moment of like, he's putting me on. Uh, and then I looked again, and it's like, this is it. My my life is changing in this moment. And called 911, and like he told you all that, you know, they were great. Um, turn that off, please. <laughs> um, so then when we... Uh, I was following the ambulance down to downtown Lexington to the hospital. There was a song by Old Dominion that came on the radio and it's called a one man band. I don't know if you all know the lyrics, but the primary lyric is, I don't want to be a one man band, mm. you know? And when I heard that, you know, it was like, this is it. This is real. I don't want to be a one-man band. Um, so that was January 8th. And I have to say that 20 years ago, before these medications were developed, before these procedures were developed, mm -hmm. Larry would probably be dead or... Uh, well, the doctor today, the cardiologist said 20 years ago, if you had a stroke, you were done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, we, didn't have the, we didn't have this medicine 20 years ago that... That's uh, you know that dissolves the clots, and he said, "Yeah." He said, 20 years ago, it, it, to hear him say that was kind of funny in a way. If you get a stroke, you were done. Right. Yeah. Right. He was an Asian guy. It was just it was just uh, kind of humorous the way he said it. Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> I remember being a kid. I mean, it would per it was permanently debilitating for someone to have oh, yeah. a stroke. You know, yeah. no yes. back from it. Yeah, he said. Now you know there are all kinds of people walking around that you don't even realize have had more than one TIAs and have recovered fully. Okay. Which I really didn't understand that. And since then I have met so many people who said, yeah, I had one seven years ago. Larry's best friend had a stroke. I mean, over 15 years ago, it's just, I never really, know, or I, I didn't know before now, you know, the impact uh, that that had and how fortunate all these people are, Larry and myself included, you know, 
to have such good medical um, interventions around yeah. there. Um, so anyway, he's improved a little bit every day. Um, his personality is intact. <laughs> Can you tell? Still an asshole. <laughs> he said that, not me. Um, he does have uh, a little bit of physical weakness, and we're going to physical therapy and to occupational therapy and to speech just to get his voice stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and every single one of them have said his progress is phenomenal, you know, just phenomenal. Uh, and that makes me feel very good. Uh, there, there are still a little bit of a problem, as you well know, and it's primarily that the mental pathway that his brain had in that little section, it actually it was on this side. The right, oh, it was right side. The right thalamus. Yeah. Um, those few little brain cells were damaged, and that was evidently where uh, his memory of mental pathways, like on the computer screen, were. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the workaround that he and Chris Pope came up with, which I thought was pretty darn smart was to zoom and Chris, you know, can walk him through it. Or at first he was having to, you know, share the screen and actually do some of those things. Mm -hmm. And once Larry gets into the folder or into the app or whatever, there's no deficit. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. But it's the pathway to getting to the right folder or the right app or the right icon um, that has been challenging. And that's what we're uh, working on in all this therapy. Some of the things that the doctors have said that I thought were very interesting and that I didn't know, which was that when you have quick intervention and you begin uh, therapy and practice, so like if you're working on the computer, you need to start working on the computer again quickly, mm -hmm. that within six months, the first six months, while your brain is healing, that's where those therapists can shape the healing and make it intentional to help that, this little part, you know, whichever, uh, to do better. And after six months, uh, your, your brain still heals, but it's just kind of a spontaneous thing. And it's, it's not focused to that particular area where the, the clot was. Um, mm -hmm. And this is great that, that we're working on it. Um, and he's making great progress. He is flirting madly with the occupational therapist. Um, and <laughs> she's about 35 maybe and has a husband and two kids, but they really have connected. And he's using a walker as uh, needed right now. Uh, and he doesn't want to use it. And he's not going to have to use it much longer. But anyway, she, when she found out that he owned a trucking fleet, she was like, oh, that's your truck. And so they had a thing about what his grill was going to look like because he wants a grill on his wheel. And a horn. Uh, uh, his and, a, walker. And, a, and, a, and a drink holder. Yeah, he wants all of it. So um, he's going to be as obnoxious as he can be about this. Imagine that. See. Yeah. When it, we'll get up the chrome shop and get you some chrome for your, oh, for your walker. Please. Please don't. <laughs> I need a I need a Peterbilt grill. 
<laughs> I need a, I need a, I need a, a horn, an air horn, and I need a, a, a drink holder. A monster and a headlight. Has, I need a headlight. A monster has been unleashed. Um, yeah. Chris, did you have any more questions for me? Because I really, um, I can go back. To no, I, I, I think we've, I think we've covered it well. I mean, we all weathered this storm pretty well without anybody freaking out. It was scary for you. I'm sure it was, it was definitely scary for me, you know, just, just in those, in those first few hours going, what, I mean, sure. He's going to be fine, you know, but like, what if he's not, you know, um, that, that, that first 24 hours, um, you know, just getting with Larry or with uh, Richie and Phil and being like, okay, it's on us. You know, we have to make sure that all of this stuff is taken care of and, Everything is watched over, um, but uh, I mean, we're pretty much glad to have him back. I'm, you know, <laughs> um, I was texting with your wife earlier, Chris, hmm. and this this is heartfelt. I mean, you're phenomenal. I mean, just the support that. Sorry, that's his medication alarm. I have to give him a pill. Um, but, I mean, you've been phenomenal, and I really and truly appreciate the support uh, with your intelligence, your technology skills, your leadership skills. Patience. Patience. Oh, my God. Sympathy. And just just being a great friend. So, anyway, I just wanted to, to say you're awesome. You're phenomenal. You. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to being a cat. And okay. Just take some time off. Let the okay. puppy loose. Yes. <laughs> Here. Put that All back right. in the thing so it charges. Okay. Does yeah, this... Put that back in the charger right there. Right here. Okay. Did you need to turn it toward you? Yeah, I'll do that. Um, you had a couple of well-wishers telling you that uh, you, you did a good job and they're glad that you helped me out on YouTube. Are you talking about me? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm leaving. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Now you see why I'm so fortunate and why I feel my, I count myself lucky as to getting through this. You know, I never once ever felt like I was going to die. I never felt like I was ever close to expiring. Mm -hmm. Um and you you get more scared the more you find out about about after the fact you know and then you and i've got some scary things coming up still i got i got to go in the hospital here in a few weeks and and get what's called a cardioversion where they basically shock your heart and stop it and then shock it and restart it so that's a little bit uh you know um uh, scary. scary not looking forward to that but uh but i mean we've had we've had such great you know, we, we, we bitch a lot about service nowadays and this, that, and the other, but I'm going to tell you what, our, our healthcare has been, it's been nothing short of phenomenal. You know, I, I, the only thing that we would complain about at all is the fact that I was in the, I was in the ER for 72 hours, primarily because there weren't any beds in ICU. So I had to stay in the ER with an ICU nurse. Um, but uh, even with that though, I mean, I, I, my, our, the care I had was, was unbelievable. And uh and then going to my primary care after the fact, who, you know, ha had a very overview uh, approach to it. He even he even said, you know, you 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 really really got some really good uh, care the way you were there, and um, a lot of the things that he would would, would have advised uh, being done was done, 
you know, without him having to intervene. And it, it just was, uh, it just makes you feel um, like you get your money's worth, you know, when you make that, when you pay those health insurance uh, premiums, you know, so but I was, yeah. uh, I was, I was very uh, happy with, with the level of care that I got and the service that we got. I'm glad I didn't have to go to TA to have this work done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, I had a friend that uh, had to go, they found a blockage in his heart. Right. And they sent him to the university hospital, which is like three hours away. And, yeah. you know, well, we're not going to do anything here in Charleston. We got to send you up here. So like weeks later, you know, this, this, terrible blockage in his heart. So he goes up there and they do more tests and they walk in and, and they're like, well, you really need to have open heart surgery. You know, that these are all the benefits. If you'll let us split you open and, and go in and take care of this. And he's like, Oh wow, gosh, I'm about to have open heart surgery. And then the cardiologist walks in and says, well, we're just going to do some stents. Oh, wait a minute. And, and he goes, he goes, what is this a truck shop? Are you, what, what, what am I about? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know and, and now they're like well just come on back up in two or three weeks and we'll put the stents in it's like oh okay all right you y'all y'all went from i'm about to die to come on back in six weeks you know just so loosely and we'll uh, change a muffler clamp yeah yeah um yeah well you know i, I get it but you know to them you know i'll I tell you that my first uh time i ever really, really, um, understood, um, you know, the impact that, that healthcare workers have on you is when I was in the delivery room with Mary Lou deliver and she was delivering our son and you realize how, you know, to a lay person, how many things could go wrong in mm -hmm. that environment, but to, to, to them, the professionals, it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just like us shifting gears. It was nothing, yeah. you know? It was like, you know, here's here, matter of fact, here's what we do to, you know, the emotion's not there, the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the attachment, the, you know, the compassion, all the other things that would make you hesitant to do it to your, to your family member, to them, it's, it's just another job, you know, and, and you have to admire their, their ability to do that, their desire to do it, you know, it takes a special person to work in that field, you know, and, and those, deal with that every day. And those people have a very twisted sense of humor. Um, <laughs> my my brother in law went from a paramedic to a to an RN, and yeah. just just the which he, that's a coping mechanism, you know. Right. When you right. deal with that much death and 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 very very dire circumstances, it uh, it has its effects on you, you know. Um, yeah. Um, we, they've uh, all been very they've all been very interested in the fact that I have a podcast. As a matter of fact, most of them have all said that they want to start listening. So we probably have a bunch of health care care people in here tonight that are listening for the very first time, but they, they were very, very taken with the, the idea that I was, I did a podcast and they, they ask a lot of questions about it and were very curious about it, you know? So uh, we may have a bunch of uh, nurses on here tonight. Hi guys. Thanks for everything you did. Okay. <laughs> I told you, I warned you not to watch this. So we, uh, uh, so. we, we got to know a, a couple in the homeschool athletic association and he's a cardiologist and she's a, a, a hospital uh, doctor. Yeah. Um, and so there, of course, nothing phases them. You know, their kid could walk up with an arm hanging off and they'll be like, we'll just put some ice on it and we'll, we'll take it up. It, it'll be fine. You know, right, um, right. but I had, I'd asked them one time, we went to a, a volleyball game one night and I walked up and I said, listen, I, I need y'all to educate me on biology. And they're like, okay, well, what do you need? And I said, what is it 
about gas that makes me think I'm certainly going to die. And they both just started laughing and they're like, Oh yeah, man, you'll get a gas pocket and you're sure you've had a heart attack and you know, and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, well, man, cause like the night before I was fine. I laid down and all of a sudden, um, I was certain I was, I was going to leave this planet because I, I, I whatever I ate, uh, just right. about killed me. Uh, Chris, Chris and Margie Dolan are in the house. Uh, glad to see you on here. Hey, Chris, um, good to see you all too. Uh, don't, I made a comment earlier. I'm not sure you heard it, but just thinking about getting into that shop business gave me a stroke. So I want you to <laughs> think about that. Okay. Just pondering the idea gave me a stroke. So if that gives well, you any indication I, of how I feel about it. They, uh, the, I, I can, I can testify that working on trucks inside the shop is number one. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is the pinnacle. And I don't know who's responsible up there in that shop, but somebody took the Porta John and moved it from outside inside. And yeah. that's the hero that we don't deserve. I don't know who's, but I'm just going to thank you. <laughs> okay. Because, uh, this side of the building that we're in doesn't have a, a, a bathroom yet. It's on the right. other side from the other people. And right. so, you know, we got to have it. So we got a portage on. And I, I kept looking at that thing and watching that forecast. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to do my business before I leave the house because there ain't no way in hell. And I walked in the parts room and there it's set. And, oh, that's, that's life changing right there. That's you, funny. You tuck that so thing inside, put a little light over top of it so you can see. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. It's the little it's things just, in life. It's the little things in life, okay? It's just the little things. You know, who yeah. knew that it would take, that's all it took to, make you a happy person, you know? So, yeah. Uh, well, um, I remember that. I'll, I'll see if I can't maybe get, you know, I need a Chrome for my, uh, for my, uh, Walker truck. Maybe just get you a heater for the, for the Porta John. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> I, saw, I saw some thing. I saw some, uh, uh, war, uh, uh, toilet seat warmers just the other day, uh, <laughs> on Amazon. So I think we can order some of those and plug up. I went to a customer's and it was like Chicago somewhere, you know, up there. And, uh, and, and I met the customer and, uh, uh, I said, where's your restroom? Oh, there's a portage on outside. I'm like, it's three degrees. And she's <laughs> like, well, that's what we have. And I'm like, well, no. So I walked down the big row of buildings, you know, and I walked into the next business and I'm like, can I use y'all's restroom? And they just laughed. And they're like, they sent you to the portage on, didn't they? I'm like, yeah. It's three degrees outside. There's no way in hell. Yeah. Uh, Chris says that it was him. He said he wanted to leave it outside so their trips would be shorter. Uh, but right. realize he needed it too. So. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Phil made a comment here. Uh, I turned down a 10 load project this week because we committed to 36 loads on two other projects. Um, you know, and of course I've got to be privy to a few of the, of the, of the decimal points and zeros on that deal. Um, and for all y'all that hate Landstar, y'all just keep on hating it. We'll take care of, we'll take care of the big stuff. Okay. Don't y'all worry about it. Right. <clears throat> uh, Eric says, listen to you guys every week. I've also recycled all the podcasts from episode 49 to current. I haul ethanol and high grade alcohol for local ethanol plant. I listen every day. We're a big part of the reason he got his CDL. I appreciate that, Eric. Um, wow, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty strong, Eric. Thank you, man. 
Well, I don't want to be happy or feel sorry for you, but I'm glad we were able to help you make a decision. Well, you know, and we, uh, I, I don't know if you got to catch any of the podcast last week, but we had Steve Vest on here. He was a, a broker that I found on TikTok. He was kind of blown up. But really good content, really good guy, sharp guy. Um, and of course, he's been slaying dragons on TikTok because, you know, how much they love to hate brokers. Uh, oh, yeah, so if you sure. missed that episode, go back. Um, Okay. Episode formerly episode two hundred, but it's actually one ninety one. But you know, we won't we'll pay any attention to that. Um, I, have, I have this thing against watching podcasts. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, that was a good one. So lots of good. Well, that was a good. One. We need one every once in a while. I mean, <laughs> it's good yeah. to have somebody come in every once in a while and make it good. We um, so we talked about the truck show um, coming up in March. Um, okay. we're going to, we're going to have an informal, uh, we're here's how what's going to be. We're going to be at Caesars Southern Indiana in the casino Thursday night. If you want to come by and buy your own drinks, you're welcome to come hang out with us. So we'll be like doing our normal for. deal, uh, around Pittsburgh power one day and Landstar the other at the truck show. But Thursday night, if you want to come by and, and have a drink or 12, um, Come on by. Um, yeah. There's a centrally located bar right as you, right as you come through the gateway from the hotel to the casino. There's a bar right there as you get through the, the checkpoint. That'd be a good place to meet. It's a big area. Um, and then we could drift drift on to one of the restaurants if you want to from there or just stay there in the bar or whatever. So it could start there and then see where it ends up. So. Well, you might just you might need to just extend your prohibition from now until then to make sure you're, you know, you're you're, you're fully medically ready to uh, yeah. to take care of business on that yeah, Thursday. Well, I'm, I'll get I'm gonna get I'll get somebody to sign off on it between now. And I got to have somebody, you know, we, we we're we're very big about having authority here, so <laughs> I'll get somebody to sign off on it between now and then, so that the boss here uh, knows it's okay. So. Um, having to do the same thing with driving, by the way. So, how long are you? How, how long are you prohibited from driving? I'm not prohibited. Period. It's just judgment. No judgment call. Not but I know. But it's, it's not. I'm not. They nobody said I can't drive. They just they just want me to make sure that my reaction time is good enough to to resume. But uh, now, now if the CDL would be a different story, you know, I, I would probably have an obligation to report this to um, DOT if I were, if I, but for everybody that doesn't know, I had already disqualified myself from driving about a month ago, not even that long, two weeks ago prior to this, uh, just for a matter of convenience because I haven't driven since 2019. As it turned out, it was a good thing to do because this would have, this would have, have caused me to disqualify myself, obviously, and probably have a difficulty requalifying myself. But uh, it was a non-issue. But as far as the legalities of having to notify a DMV or anything being not the CDL, it, there's no requirement there. It's just whenever the doctors think that I'm, you know, safe to do it, and whenever I feel good enough to do it. So we had that conversation today with the neurologist is going to be the primary person, but they're more concerned about reaction time. There's some tests that they'll give me about reaction time. And if that is, makes everybody happy, then they'll let, they'll sign off on me doing it. You know, I kind of wish they'd have give you that test before, 
you know, I, I yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, well. Of course, if you bought that fancy BMW, it pretty much drives itself, you know. It does, yeah. It's a normal reason to have it now. Right. Therapeutic, therapeutic reasons. Right. Right. Oh, let's see. I don't see. Mary Lou has just ordered me to allow you to, uh, let's see, I'm going to quote it. Let Chris guide the conversation. Now. Do what? I missed that. I got, uh, Mary Lou passed a note to me. It says, let Chris guide the conversation. Oh. And then the Bible says now. Oh, okay. Well, I was just looking through comments. I don't, I don't see much else going on where, you know, uh, we're, we're covered in snow here in the Appalachians. I'll tell you this. I had a hell of an experience last night. Um, I almost hit a dude. I dropped Jared off the airport to get a pit rental car and I'm coming down the hill, uh, off of Greenbrier and there's some dude standing in the middle of the road. It's pouring the snow. I almost hit him. Uh, then I get down by the nitro exit and I hear this loud crash and a big truck has something exploded in the, <laughs> in the trailer tandems and the lock tires lock up and he's over on the shoulder. Um, and, and then I get a mile down the road and almost hit three deer. I'm like, Jesus, I, I got, I got to get to the house. I'm, I was happy, which they come in threes, I guess. And I missed all three of them. So I was just happy to pull in the driveway last night. Cause that was a, that was a hell of an adventure from Charleston to the house. So you almost hit a pedestrian. Yeah. Well, it's Charleston. So I'm sure he was chemically enhanced of some sort. Uh, he probably yeah. wouldn't have felt that if I hit him anyway. So maybe he just got out of that concert with that, uh, the mini, uh, kiss, uh, group. <laughs> yeah. 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 If y'all haven't seen that, we went, Larry came over new year's and we, you know, we had the podcast and we went up to, uh, to the casino, uh, new year's Eve. And, well, uh, it's a good place to start a casino. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. Um, but they had a mini, it was kiss band made up of dwarves. Um, and, that's, uh, that's no, that's no liar exaggeration either. They were yeah. called mini kiss, mini kiss. Um, and they were heavily, heavily, heavily inebriated, especially, I don't know how the bass player was standing up. Um, cause and he was, they were very loud, very loud, very, very drunk. I mean, they, they put on a show, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta give them that, but there was, I don't know what the fire marshal's rating is for that building, but there was about a thousand too many people in there. And, yeah. uh, we decided to vacate the premises a little early and go back to our own bar. Uh, cause that place was, uh, that place was crazy. Yeah. How many freight liners do you have? All of them. We have, they're all freight liners. Um, I'd prefer two of them not be Cascadia's, but you know, they are what they are. Um, we've got all Columbia's and centuries from two Cascadia's. We almost had a guy bring in a war ass out Kenworth, but we, we put, we put the kibosh on that. Rocky did Rocky put an end to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, it sounds like you had some people trying to stir up some shit here. So it's good. Good to hear that we haven't lost our edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm probably going to shut this one down a little bit early. Cause I got two drivers coming in town for orientation tomorrow. Uh, Willie Lee Kersey. Thanks again for your help and awesome content. I'm supposed to meet up with Chad in Kansas city next week for an alignment. Couldn't get well, to rock. You couldn't get a finer person. 
give yeah. him a, tell him we said hello. Uh, we, uh, Chad is, Chad's the real deal, man. He's, uh, he, he, before I had met Rocky, he was my go-to MD alignment guy. Um, and still is a, I mean, he's a great guy, but I mean, he, he and Rocky both are excellent, excellent, uh, alignment guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you have to watch cause you just, you know, somebody buys the equipment, they get their name on the website. Um, right. but you know, uh, Chad and Rocky, Jim Fowler up in Michigan. Um, if you go to those guys, you're going to get quality work done. Right. Um, Absolutely. I, um, was looking at a truck in the shop up there today. It came in because it had bad injector cups and it was fuel and coolant were mixing. And apparently they just kept driving it. Like they just kept changing the fuel filters and driving it. Well, eventually that caught up to them and they wrecked a high pressure fuel pump. They wrecked six injectors and a turbo. I mean, this was a, and then I guess today the damn PTO fell off of it. Um, what count, what count was it? Cascadia? No, it's a, a international with the Cummins. And uh, I mean, boy, you talk about it. that went from zero to super expensive. But, it, you know, guys, w when your truck's having a problem, and I was telling one of our guys this this week, you have to get to know your truck, right? And, and, and a lot of times they can kind of lull you to sleep because maybe they'll get a little vibration and you'll get used to it and not know it. And then somebody else can get in your truck, you know, and it shakes their teeth out, but you're used to it. Yeah. But you like got kind of like a wobbly steering gear. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. Um, uh, but you know, you, you, you have, if you're going to be an owner operator, you may not know how to turn the wrenches, but I promise you that spending some time on YouTube, learning about the systems, learning about the air brakes, you can understand how it works without actually being able to do it. And unfortunately, you're in a situation where you may go into a shop. Well, hey, let's talk about, since we'd love to talk about TA, I had one driver reported a vibration. I said, okay, well, let's run in to the, see the certified professionals at the Petro in Carlisle. And the guy calls, he sends this picture and he says that, uh, well, he says the transmission is coming apart. The truck is unsafe to drive. They literally wrote unsafe to drive on the work order. And I see this picture and I, and I see there's some movement in the rear yoke coming out of the back of the transmission. And I said, well, does it have any fluid in it? And at first he refused to check it. Well, this transmission is junk. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, do it anyway. So finally they come back to me and said, well, we filled it up. And I look at the bill and I'm like, well, you didn't put any fluid on the bill. Well, it was only a, a pint low. Okay, so we went from the transmission's coming apart and the truck's not safe to drive to it was a pint low. It holds 80 pints. And I said, dude, just go. Just bring it to bring it to Charleston. Well, he stopped short in Marietta, Ohio, because of weather, and I know a guy there. And so I hit him up, and I'm like, hey, will you, will you look at this truck for me? You know, they're, they're not a shop open to the public. They're like a little fleet. And he was like, yeah, bring it on over. He comes over. The nut on the yoke was loose. They popped a U-joint off, hit it with an impact, tighten it up. That truck's driven 2,000 miles since this alleged incident 
where the transmission's coming apart and it I mean right. it's just you you can't and of course the guy was such a jackass, but that's what really fired me up about it is he was such a dick about the whole thing. Um, when he could have just went, oh, well, hey, this, let me just tighten this nut up for you and you'll be fine. But no, we can't do that. That'd be too much. And then today I was at a customer. We've got a customer here, uh, an agent, and, and there was some trailers sitting up there. And one of the trailers had a flat. Well, the customer won't load that trailer with a flat tire because it's hazmat. So I fire off an email to Lane Star. I'm like, hey, you need this tire fixed. Uh, and the response was nobody's doing road calls. Nobody's doing road calls because of the weather. And so I said, well, cams will do it. Well, we don't have national accounts, so they wouldn't use us. But the lack of response from people whose job, who work for a carrier, and that carrier makes money by loading trailers at customers. And the fact that we have these people in cubicles that don't seem to give a shit about whether or not freight is loaded into the trailer so that we can be paid and they can be paid and they can have their office job to go to. Uh, and we eventually got it worked out. Um, but it's just, it's so troubling to me in the trucking industry when, when people forget that the customer exists. That's what really fires me up. It fires me up when truck drivers forget that the customer exists and when carriers forget that the customer exists. And I'm sure there's some brokers that forget the customer exists and the truck stops forget and the truck shops forget. We had, yep. a, we had, a, we had an applicant just today or yesterday that <clears throat> made a comment that I thought was interesting. I laughed. I cried. He goes, you know what? He goes, I, since I've looked into this logistics thing, he said, I don't see how people have any socks to wear. <laughs> he said, our logistics chain is so screwed up. I don't know. So I don't see how people have anything. I think to myself, yeah, buddy, you have no idea, you know, oh, how man. bad it is. But, it really is. But Sometimes it is, it's true. It's true. I mean, it, it's in such a state that it's a wonder we deliver anything, you know? Um, when I think about how, just how quickly I will hit that button on Amazon to have yeah. something shipped that's going to be here in two days. And I'm, and I'm thinking right. we ought to, we ought to thank God that we can, we can just so, so quickly push that button and expect that stuff to show up because I know how the sausage is made. Right. right? right, right I, right. I know how this works. And, and right, those right. of y'all that, that, that buy stuff on eBay and Etsy and TikTok and Amazon, the fact that it shows up when it's supposed to is an absolute miracle. And, and the and fact that you can go in there and find out where it is at any time. <clears throat> well, you hope unless it's the U S postal service, then I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Uh, but at least most of the time UPS and FedEx knows where it's at now, whether they actually get it to you or not. Um, but you know, I have had to order a transmission this week. I've had to order injectors and everything is jacked up because of the weather. Um, yeah. and everything is behind and everything is delayed. It's just, it's, it's been a, it's been a hell of a week, uh, here around the old blue ribbon fleet, but we are persevering and making it through. Uh, Rocky says he's looking at an 01 Kenworth tomorrow with that same suspension. And I'm sure it's going to need $15,000 worth. What's the name of that suspension? What's that called Rocky? Cause people need to know about that. It's, a, uh, it's like got eight airbags. If you see it, if you're, if you have your heart set on a Kenworth and it's got that suspension with eight airbags, just run. 
It's something like airliner or something like it, isn't it? Airliner? No, air, no airliner is the Freightliner. Um, okay. <clears throat> Rocky will come up with it here in a minute. Um, but it, it, it's literally $15,000 to get that, if you can even get the parts for it. You know, you might have to, have to cut it off and, and, um, and put a different set on there. And that's, I'm sorry, that's too much work to put into a truck because uh, let's, let's remember our friend, the BSE 9,000. Okay. If it makes sense here, we do it. But if it don't make sense here, we don't do it. Um, every decision has to be run through the calculator and a truck, you know, properly operated can make 150, 200 grand a year profit. If you do it right. Well, I'm not going to, that's after Landstar takes their 35% too. Yeah. Oh, uh, something that Steve Vest said on last week's podcast, and I don't know if I told you about this, but he, he brought up this fantastic point in one of his TikToks, and we talked about it on the show. He said the issue of double brokering um, and, and just not even just double brokering, just incompetence could be solved to a great degree if the shippers would walk outside and just make sure the name on the truck matches their paperwork, right? right. That that could solve a lot of the problem, <clears throat> right? And I said, well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because it's logical. You know, that if the shipper would actually go out and look and see who's go look at the truck, who's hauling their stuff. And I said, well, it's interesting that you say that because there's a lot of people that believe that because we have old trucks that are not um, aesthetically pleasing that somebody's not going to haul our freight or not going to let us haul their freight. And I'm like, that's horseshit. You can't even get them to come outside and look at the truck. All they ever see is the inside of the trailer. They couldn't care less. They should care at least right. to make sure the MC number on the side of the damn truck is the one that they, they, they called for. Uh, but I just, that was so ironic to hear right. him say that. And all these people, Oh, well, the customers don't like that truck, buddy. The customer's never going to see that truck. Okay, the guard jack is going to see it, and the, and I promise you, they don't care. You know, right. uh, they're they're getting ten dollars an hour to sit out there and be hateful. They they couldn't they couldn't care less. You know about what your truck looks like. I guess as long as you're not dumping oil in the parking lot um, or violating any territorial rules. Yeah, Rocky says that trans that Kenworth trans uh, suspension model AG one hundred AG two hundred or AG four hundred. You say a Kenworth or probably a Peterbilt, but definitely Kenworth. Run, 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 run. Just don't even. That 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 truck needs to be scrapped for parts. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Do the trucks y'all run have traction control? What year did they start putting that in trucks? I would say probably around 04 because that's when we got the mandate for ABS and ABS and traction control are operated from the same, um, technology. Right. Um, it may have come in before then, but if you've got ABS, you're probably going to have traction control, but I can remember, I think our 04 has it. Uh, but like, um, I doubt that, uh, the O twos and O threes have it. My 07 didn't have it. You sure it didn't? Well, positive. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I remember 
having to turn it off a lot, you know, hell, I had to turn it off on my pickup truck today because I was, you know, so much snow around here and I'm, I'm on a hill trying to turn right and I mash it to the floor and nothing happens because the traction control is like, Oh, all four wheels are losing traction. So I'll just sit here, you know, and you have to turn the damn traction control off and hold it to the floor to be able to, uh, dig it out. But, uh, Hendrix, oh, Hendrix and suspension is what fried chicken says. Uh, yeah, the Hendrickson air rides can be a challenge. I mean, we've got a couple of trucks with the Hendrickson, but uh, six. Oh, yeah, fr- uh, Phil's truck, old truck had and had traction control. That we have probably three truck, three or four trucks that are old prime trucks. One that's an old Swift truck. Um. Okay, fifty two does not. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> What's a good Detroit shop that you guys may recommend? Oh, I wish we could tell you uh, that. That's the best. Well, I've, in, in I've the heard, USA. I've heard good things about, is it Stewart and Stevenson? Stevenson? There's one, there's one up in Minneapolis, right across from the mall of America. I've been there, had great service. Jackie Wormley, who's somebody I know that lives up there, goes there all the time, brags about it all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know the name of it, but it's right next to the Mall of America in many in, in, in Egan, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, the old school guys are gone, you know, and and now all because the the nature of the truck, you, you pretty much just have parts changers everywhere you go. It's really hard to find a good quality diagnostician. Um, where was the one that um, that what's his name worked at that came to our event? Well, he lived in Kansas, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure which which shop he came out of. Might, might have been out there somewhere. I think he lived in Hayes, Kansas. Um, I was speaking to medical. I saw uh, Carl, I believe, has been approved for the lung transplant. So yes. that 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 long well that long road's getting to be about fifty percent, I guess, because there's a long recovery after that. Uh, but he's finally. I think last I've seen, he's finally been approved for the transplant. Awesome. That's awesome. Stewart and Stevens in Dallas. That's the one I was thinking. When there's another one up here in um, Columbus. Oh, W.W. Williams. They're for, yeah. they're, uh, they're Detroit. Yeah, that's I've, heard, that's true. I've heard good things about them. Yeah. Um, but listen, there's there are so many really, really, really good independent shops. Um, what's that one in Dallas? One of our um, mentoring clients just went to. Um, they've got a YouTube channel, and he had some weird stuff going on with his truck, and they fixed it. Uh, that uh, Ryan guy that's up in Canton, Ohio, trucking and fixing with Ryan, I think says. Right, right. Yeah. I can't think of the name. The, the name of the business is different, but he used to be a BCO. Uh, really good with um, with emission stuff. Um, pretty much anywhere. Well, I don't know. Um, if you have emissions issues, we have a DPF Alternatives uh, franchise here run by uh, Chase Bryant, and he's fantastic. I mean, he did do just a walking encyclopedia of, of dealing with especially one boxes um, because those can be repaired now. 
Um, and there's some aftermarket solutions finally coming where you don't have to drop, you know, uh, 20 damn thousand dollars on a, on a one box. You can actually repair it. Um, and they're getting a lot better at the diagnostics of understanding the, um, uh, the, the, the structure of the one box, you know, uh, we had one the other day and I don't remember who, maybe it was somebody on TikTok. Um, but I, I moved one of the trucks and I was hooking up to a trailer and I smelled this really strong smell of ammonia. And somebody at some point had said, if you smell really strong ammonia, you know that you have some sort of emissions problem. And uh, so we pulled it in the shop and the def filter was dirty and pulled the filters out and they were completely plugged up. Uh, but uh, DPF alternatives took care of that for us. They cleaned the filters up. We got them back in, threw in a couple of new sensors, checked over the one box and now she's good to go. So, Well, we, all, we, sh we should also point out that our, our sponsor for this podcast, Pittsburgh Power is not a bad shop to go to either. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put that up on the screen. Let's talk about Pittsburgh Power for a minute. Uh, we are stocking distributors for the OPS, oil purification system, and the max mileage fuel-borne catalyst. Um, you can order it on our website. You can stop by Charleston and pick it up. Uh, we'll ship it out to you. Um but we are we are uh, we are huge believers uh, in that we run everything that has EGR and up. So from 04 up, we run the catalyst on every fuel tank. Um, I had an EGR apart yesterday, and um, you know, looked down in the cooler. I mean, everything was everything was good. The EGR valve wasn't all gunked up. Um, by the way, Detroit charges like eight hours to, ch to change an EGR valve, and I had one off in an hour and a half yesterday. Uh, just, just saying. Uh, I'd love to be able to charge $185 an hour for eight hours for an hour and a half job. Uh, how much does a diesel force cleaning cost? They're on sale I, right now. They're on sale right now, Pittsburgh Power, for $2,200. $2,200. Yeah, they're they're having a Valentine's Day special. I did. I just had an email on them. I was going to send that to you. See if I can open it. Um, it's a it's a diesel force clean. It's a it's a T four oil change and all the filters for like twenty two hundred dollars. I want to say. Um, Chris, if I can find the the, uh, the uh, email. Hang on just a second. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to answer this other question. Where do you guys get your in frame done at? Um, we have a guy, uh, down in Florida that's done a bunch for us and we've got one right now that's torn down. Um, we were, we were going to do it locally and the guy quit. Um, so potentially this summer, me and Josh are going to do an in frame. Um, just because, I mean, hell, why not? It's sitting there. We've got all the parts. Um, I've kind of always wanted to do it. Uh, there it is. Let me see this email. Sweetheart deal from Pittsburgh Power. Uh, <clears throat> 22.49. Well, open this thing up. All right. Sweetheart, sweetheart of a deal. Show some love this Valentine's Day. From January 22nd to the 29th of February, I guess, what that means. Yep. Uh, a, a full diesel force engine cleaning and regen. Shell T4, T4 oil changes, uh, oil filters, fuel filter, and def filter, boost inspection, and code inspection 
for twenty two forty nine. That is that's that's a hell of a deal because hell the oil change is going to be three fifty, you know. Because right. uh, I I think I, I've always heard it's been like twenty five hundred plus an oil change. Right. And one thing that I guess when they when they do the diesel force cleaning and they send all that high density foam through there, um, it can make some sensors and stuff unhappy. So a lot of times after they've done cleaning, they have to go in and clean up different codes and stuff that it may generate, you know, so that, that think that's why they do the code inspection and stuff in right. there. But just like with, you know, when we're, we're doing an alignment, an MD alignment, we've got to inspect that suspension. We got to make sure the bushings are good and the bearings are tight and the tie rod ends are good. Um, the fundamentals of your emission system are, um, you know, does your, um, uh, does your one box having cracks in it? You know, does it need some welding work done to it? Is it letting other contaminants inside because of some structural defect? You know, you've got to, if you're going to do emissions work, you've got to have somebody that really knows how to check. I watched a, a Ryan bit of trucking and fixing with Ryan. He's got this really long, very thin piece of metal uh, rod and he would stick through there to make sure, you know, um, sometimes it's not just cleaning the filter. The filter itself could be compromised in some way. And you got to have somebody that really knows what they're doing. Um, and Pittsburgh Power does that. Somebody's asked, who does the diesel force cleaning? There's lots of people that do it. Um, we had it done at uh, Precision Truck Solutions in Coshocton, Ohio. Pittsburgh Power does it. Um there's a website, go to their website. They've got places, people all over the place. But again, I, I want you to not just look at whose name's on the website, you know, do some more research beyond that. Make sure they really understand what they're doing um, beyond just hooking up the machine and, and letting it run foam through there. They really need there's to a, understand. There's a difference between buying the equipment and being a quote franchise and knowing how to use it. Yeah, uh, we've made, we've advocated that all you know all the time about MD alignment. And same goes for that. Anybody can buy the. You can be uh, you know you any any one of you can be at Ease of Force cleaning the franchise tomorrow. Just go buy the machine. That doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Uh, that doesn't mean you ought to be working on people's trucks. But you you can say you are. But yeah. knowing the shop, knowing the individual is going to do the work, having a reputation, uh, that's that's what's important and. Uh, now, look, you guys that like the podcast, if you want to, if you like to hear, like what you're hearing, you want to keep hearing it. When you call Pittsburgh Power to get this diesel force cleaning scheduled, let them know where you heard about it, okay? Tell them that you, you heard about it from us uh, so they realize that they're paying money for getting a benefit for money they're paying because uh, they do pay us to do this. So um, your your support of them helps us continue doing this. And uh, um that and like and subscribe helps a lot too because that way we can tell people what our following is so yeah. if you guys want to help us that's how you help us is support our sponsor and like and subscribe so we our following uh, numbers continue to grow because that's how we get sponsors you know so that's how we get money from sponsors yeah and we'll be doing a lot of sponsorship recruiting at the truck show here in about a month so it's now's the season to be working on on followers well, y'all, we've gone through all the questions and I've got to get up early in the morning to prepare orientation. So um, we will see you back here next Friday. I don't see anything on the calendar that uh, will preempt us being here next Friday. Uh, let me double 
check that. What is that? The 26th. Gosh, man. January's almost over. Um, yeah, we'll be back with you next Friday night at 8 o'clock on all the same channels, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. I think we're live on Twitter, too. Um, so make sure you interact with all those different channels and make the algorithm happy. And uh, we will see y'all next week. Everybody be good and be safe. We'll see you next time. Have a good week, everybody.